I will be reading from Luke 9, verses 23 through 27. Then he said to them all, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world that is himself destroyed or lost? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words, of him the Son of Man will be ashamed when he comes in, in his own glory and in his Father's and of the holy angels. But I tell you truly, there are some standing here who, who shall not taste death till they see the kingdom of God. Who is... Uh... Who has the other clicker? Anyone? No one? The song, oh, we, we don't have another. I need to get another clicker. My clicker is not working. I know some people have that problem and they have to go to a doctor and see about their clicker. I don't even know what, I, what I'm talking about right now. <laughs> My clicker's not working. Thank you, Nathan. Thanks, it takes three people to. Okay, so this isn't working either. I'm going to have to, I guess, now, can we test that to see if it, if it advances, if you just hit it? Nathan? Hmm. Just advance the slide with your hand, with your finger. Nah. Hey, there. So is it working now? Yes. All right. Thank you. We, we learned to, to recognize companies by their logos and you might not think that you you know so much about companies by just looking at their logo but I'm going to show you some and I believe that you will recognize them most of you will um, we have not working again um, but it was so Nathan if you just want to I'll just you can just turn it off there you go. Yeah, just keep on going. Just keep on going. Get all those up there. Why isn't this? All right. There's. That's good. You recognize these. You recognize all of the logos in front of you. You recognize the Google. You recognize the star, the Starbucks, the Adidas. The that little strip is the Coke, right up there. The Olympics, the Shell, the the Windows, and the Walmart little star down in the bottom right. And then the apple. And you have the apple, but you, probably the most recognizable symbol in the world is the depiction of the cross. Okay. No, you're fine. I wonder if I can do that. Okay, I got that. I think I'm in control. Picture of the cross. Actually, you would think that throughout the whole world that the cross would be the most recognized symbol and hopefully it will be eventually as we go into the world and we, and we continue to strive to share God's word. But sadly, according to different studies, it goes back and forth between the cross and the McDonald's logo. Between the cross and the... That, that's sad. It's a toss-up as the most recognizable symbol or logo in the world. Sadly for some, McDonald's and so many other logos are more important in the lives of other people than the cross. But for us, the cross, that symbol, is the most important, and not the, 
Not that we look at crosses and we think, oh, that's beautiful. That means I'm a Christian. Or not that we wear a cross around our neck and that, and that displays, that advertises, look, I'm a Christian. Not a physical cross, but that, that symbol of the cross that we read about in the Bible. Je- Jesus is sacrificed on that cross. In 1 Corinthians 15, 3, I deliver to you as first of importance the most important thing, Paul says, I delivered which I received that Christ died for our sins according to with the scriptures. He died where on that cross? He says that's the most important thing that I passed on to you is that knowledge of Jesus being crucified. You know, everything that came up to the point of of Jesus dying on the cross, everything in the Old Testament led up to that point. And then everything afterward, we look back to that cross over and over again, hopefully in our lives. It's important that we see the cross as more than just an icon, more than just a decoration, more than just another logo in life. We need to understand what it truly represents and what it means to us. And then as we talk about the cross tonight, I'm going to try to make sure to make an application for us. Yes, Jesus died on the cross, but he also said, he also told us in Luke 9.23 to take up our crosses and follow him in Luke 9.23. Just as Jesus had to bear his cross, we're supposed to, we're told we're, by Jesus, you take up your cross. Well, what does that mean? Our cross represents what it represented to Jesus. The focal point of Scripture, the focal point of humanity, Jesus on a cross, dying for our sins. And then he says, I'm taking up my cross. You take up your cross. I'm taking up my cross, and you're going to have to decide every day. And I'll talk about that as we close in just a few moments. Daily, Luke 9, 23. And so as we think about what the cross represents for Jesus and what it represents for us, we're going to start with this idea of death. The cross is death. It is a symbol of death. Delivering the first gospel sermon, Peter described Jesus as having been delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God. And then he says, you've taken by lawless hands, you've crucified him and you've put him to death. Where? On a cross. And we could study all we want to, and we've had numerous studies, numerous sermons, numerous descriptions of Jesus on a cross and what a cross was for, the crucifixion process and how agonizing it was. Jesus, we know, didn't die quickly from Scripture, and we know he didn't die painlessly from Scripture and from history. He suffered for several hours on the cross, and that was... In addition to what? In addition to the beating, in addition to the scourging, in addition to the humiliation that he suffered leading up, the hours leading up to the crucifixion. And so his death on the cross, the cross is a symbol of his death, but it's also a symbol of our death. I'll let you go to Romans chapter 6. Our death. When we are baptized, we know and we sing we've been crucified with Christ. And we'll look at that scripture in a few moments. But in Romans 6, 3 through 5, it just starts out with a question. Do you not know that as many of us were baptized into Christ, were baptized into his death? 
We share in that. Therefore, he says, we're buried with him and through baptism into death. Just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we should walk in newness of life. We've been united together in the likeness of his death. And surely, sure, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. We share this death with him. And we share this death and knowing that we have been crucified for sin. We are dead to sin. Notice Romans 6, 6. Knowing this, that our old man was what? Was crucified with him. When we're baptized, our old man is crucified with him. Why? That the body of sin might be done away with. And you're still in verse six, in chapter 6 and you go to verse 11. You also reckon yourself or, or count yourself, consider yourself in, to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And then... And then you have this idea in Colossians 2.20. Therefore, you died with Christ from the basic principles of the world. And so you have this idea. You decided that you were done with living a sinful life. And you decided that you're ready to put your old person to death. And so you decided that you would go through this process of death, burial, and resurrection. And when you share in that baptism, you share in that crucifixion of your old man as well. And we give our lives over to him. We, we give our lives, Romans 12, 1, as a holy, as a living and holy sacrifice. And we're even, if necessary, hopefully so, if we understand what it means to pick up our cross and to die to sin and to die to ourselves, we understand from Revelation 2, 10 that we're going, we need to be faithful in, until death. And then if we are, if we make it that far and we get to that point faithfully, we will receive, we will receive the crown of life. It is a symbol of death. It also, the cross is a symbol of rejection. Jesus was rejected by those in his hometown of Nazareth. He goes to his hometown in Matthew 13. And he goes into the synagogue and he's reading and he's doing a marvelous job and he's teaching. And the people there are asking, isn't this Mary's son? Isn't that Joseph's son? Aren't his brothers so and so and so? And then it says they were offended. They didn't like it. He was so eloquent that he was such a good... They didn't understand and, and, and they were offended. And Jesus says to him, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country and in his own house. And then he goes on to say that then he left there. Why? He didn't do many miracles there. Why? Because they didn't have a lot of faith. He was rejected and, he, and, and people were... He offended his own people. But then at his trial... At his trial, John 19, 15, people declared loyalty to Caesar rather than Christ. John 19, 15, listen, they cried out. They cried out, away with him, away with him, crucify him. They were crying out to Pilate and they were trying to get Jesus killed. And then they made this statement in John 19, 15. Because Pilate said to them, shall I crucify your king? And the chief priests answered, we have no king but Caesar. That's significant. That's disturbing. We have no king but Caesar. They declared loyalty to Caesar rather than Christ. He was rejected. 
the cross represents rejection, but it also represents our rejection in the world. If we're going to follow Christ, we need to expect to be rejected. We need to expect to be shunned. John told the reason for this, 1 John 3, 1, therefore the world doesn't know us. He does, they, don't, they don't know us. They don't interact with us. They, they keep their distance from us. They reject us. Why? Because they don't know him. And if we are him and we are ambassadors of him, then they're not going to want to know us because they don't know him. We will be rejected. If we're doing Christianity right, we'll be rejected. We may, divide, may be divided from family. Matthew 10 teaches us that. But go ahead and look over at 1 Peter 4, 12 through 16. I'll, I'll let you get there because we're going to go from 12 through 16. And hopefully you'll pay attention to, to this in context and the context of us being rejected as Christians by the world. We may even suffer persecution. And that's not, a, that's not a, an enjoyable thing to think about. But to be rejected, and not just rejected, but humiliated and, ter- and, and actually persecuted. First, First Peter 4, 12 through 16. Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you, but rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. In other words, you're going to go through some bad things, but it's for a good reason. If you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you. For the spirit of glory and God rests upon you. And on their part, he has blasphemed, but on your part, he is glorified. Let none of you suffer as a murderer, a thief, an evildoer, as a busybody in other people's matters. Yet, 16, if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in this matter. It's going to happen. You will encounter eventually, as in your Christian walk, if you haven't already, you most likely will again, if you already have, persecution in one way or another. We will be rejected. Why? Because we're following the one that they don't know. And when we teach Jesus' teaching and we follow Jesus' example and the world doesn't want to know us because of Christ, they will be offended. But we keep trying because we want them to be able to understand the Jesus that we believe in and love like crazy. It's a symbol of rejection. It's also a symbol of humiliation. Matthew, Let's go over to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. Jesus died a death that was intended for a criminal to die, the, uh, a manner in which a criminal would die. That's what crucifixion was for. Most of the time it was just in insurrectionists. He hangs on the cross in Matthew 27 between who? Between two robbers or thieves you might have. And they're going to be crucified with him in Matthew 7, 27, 38. And we know, listen to, you stay in 27, but listen to Romans 3, 25. Jesus, whom God set forth as a, as a propitiation for his, for his, by his blood through faith, he set forth, that's New King James, New American Standard, he presented him publicly to suffer publicly. And so 27, he is publicly being crucified. He is mocked. 
by the people witnessing his death and including those two thieves, robbers on the east side of him, who are going through the same exact thing. They're mocking him. Look at Matthew 7, 39 and 44. Those who passed by blasphemed him, wagging their heads, saying, you who destroy the temple, they're mocking him. And build it in three days, save yourself. If you're the son of God, if you are the son of God, come down from the cross. But those are the people just passing by and they're just letting them have it. Chief priests also mocking with the scribes and said he saved others. Himself, he cannot save. Is that true that he saved others? Yes. Is that true that he couldn't save himself? Absolutely not. And if you're lying about Jesus, you're lying about the Son of God, you're blaspheming him as well. He saved others. If he's the king of Israel, let him come down now from the cross and we will believe him. He, he trusted God. They keep on going. Let him deliver him now if he will have him. For he said, I am the Son of God. And even the robbers who were crucified with him reviled him. <sighs> Publicly shamed. Humiliation. The cross represents a humiliating way to die. But what about our humiliation? Not only will we be rejected, but we will often be often, if we are living the way that we need to, walking around carrying our crosses in life, we will be mocked. We will be rejected. We will be, we, people will try to humiliate us. 1 Peter 4.4 4, In regard to these they think it's strange that you do not run with them in the same flood of dissipations. They speak evil of you. They mock you. They make fun of you. What's wrong with that? Well, it's no fun to encounter. But again, Paul says you go through that and count that as joy. You go through that and, and you're blessed. This is sometimes difficult. You know, we, we, we put such an emphasis on being accepted in, in life. It's a lonely, it's a lonely thing to be in a group of people who don't accept you. But Christianity is all about not being accepted by the world. Jesus endures humiliation and shame on the cross. He's up on the cross and he has, everyone has forsaken him. And then he prays a prayer. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It's the loneliest place on earth was on that cross. Go over to Hebrews 12, 2 and 3. Because his example is our example to follow. And we look unto Jesus, the Hebrew writer says, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of throne of God. He went through the shameful process. He was on the cross. He goes through the shameful process. And now he sits at the right hand of God. And then three, think about, meditate on, consider him, the Hebrew writer says, who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. You want to get through a hard, difficult day of being mocked and persecuted and ridiculed and, and rejected as a Christian Think about Christ on that cross. Think about the idea of you joining him in heaven someday. That should motivate us to get through that humiliation. And we need to expect it and embrace it. And finally, it's a, it, it's a symbol of submission. Jesus, go over to John chapter 10 if you would. Jesus, 
he, he didn't submit to the will of man. And he didn't submit to the will of Satan. Remember, he, he's tempted for he's tempted in the wilderness by Satan. He doesn't submit. Man wants to come and take him and make him their, their king. He doesn't submit to them. But when it comes to submitting to God, Jesus is the ultimate example. John 10, 17, and 18, Jesus, therefore my Father loves me. Why? Because I lay down my life that I may take it again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. And I have power to lay it down. I have power to take it again. And this command I have received from my Father. In other words, I am submitting to my Father. My Father's will is that I die. That's what he came to do. Matthew 16, 21, Jesus shows his disciples he has to go to Jerusalem. He has to suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and scribes, and then he will be killed. He explains that that's why he came willingly to die on the cross. He says, I'm going to be killed. I will raise on the third day. I will rise on the third day. But I've got to die in order to submit to God. Philippians 2.8, he humbled himself to become obedient to the cross of Christ. Well, what about our submission? I mentioned this scripture a few moments ago at, at the beginning of the sermon. I've been crucified with Christ, 2.20 of Galatians. I've been crucified. In other words, I've gotten up on the cross. I've gotten up on my cross and I allowed myself to be crucified, put to death. I've been crucified with Christ. And so part of me has died. It, all of me has died. It's no longer I who live. Christ is living in me now. And now the life, this life that I live in this worldly flesh, in this worldly body, I live by faith of the Son of God. I can make it through this life because me is no longer alive. Christ is living in me now because He loved me and He gave Himself for me. Our submission. Our submission. We need to understand the cross. We need to understand what it symbolizes. We need to understand that that the symbol of the cross isn't just a decoration. It's not just a piece of jewelry. It is an ugly thing to people who understand what it, what it was made for and meant to be, but it's a beautiful thing for Christians when we think about that cross and what it means for us. Galatians, Colossians 6.14 I want, I want to be able to do this, and I hope that I have done it. Paul says, God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ by whom the world has crucified to me, I do to the world. By whom the world has been crucified to me and I do to the world. When was the last time you just boasted in the cross? When was the last time you just let, I need to tell you about this thing. I need to tell you about this, this, this thing that Jesus died upon. I need to tell you about my cross as well. I need to let you understand that it is a symbol of death, but it's also a symbol of life. I, I need for you to understand that it is a symbol of rejection, but it's also a symbol of acceptance by God. I, need to under, I want you to understand it's a symbol of humility, but it's also a symbol of being raised up by God. And I need you to understand that it is a symbol of submission. And I made the decision to submit to God and get to go to heaven. I want to tell you about the cross. I, this cross is amazing. And I'm just give me a few moments to boast in this cross. Boast about this cross.
Luke 9.23 again. We need to take up our cross and follow him. Like Luke 9.23 has, has this word from Jesus. Take up your cross, follow me. The key word that he adds in there that I just left out is daily. Is daily. Sometimes I love to leave the house without my cell phone. I, I like it. Sometimes I make that decision. I'm going to just leave it and go. Go to services or wherever. It's nice. Sometimes I make that decision. I'm not taking it with me. Sometimes, well, several years ago, our kids would make the decision, I guess, to leave the house without their shoes. Sometimes they would make the decision to leave the church building without their shoes. But one thing we cannot leave the house without is our cross. We have to make a decision to take it up daily. We have to make a decision to take it up throughout our lives. And we have to make a decision to be able to display that cross as we go through. Not, not to show off ourselves, but to show Christ off and to boast in that cross. If you're a Christian tonight and you haven't been living like we've just described, please challenge yourselves to change. And if it's a situation that you need to change that you would like to have us pray with you about, let us know. And we will rejoice in that opportunity and be honored to share that burden with you. But if you're not a Christian, but you understand what the cross is, what the cross was, and what the cross can do for you because of the blood that was shed on it, do something about it. Do what you need to know you need to do. And if you want to learn more about the cross and what it means and what you can do to act on the information that you get, let us know. We will love to study with you. If there is any need that can be met by coming forward, let us know now as we stand and as we sing.